I'm so excited to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, Pros. Pros is the custom beauty brand that is all over your feed. I had been wanting to try them for so long. And when I tell you guys that I put on my Instagram story that they were going to be sponsoring the podcast, I got so many genuine organic responses from my following of people being like, oh my God, I love Pros. I've been using it for years. So don't even just take it from me, but take it from the genuine people that reached out agreeing with me about how much they love Pros. And when Pros says custom, they actually mean it. Each and every bottle of Pros custom hair and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. One of the coolest parts of the questionnaire that I thought was they literally asked me about my location and my zip code so that they could understand how hard the water is here, what the UV index is like, if it's cold, if it's dry, and all of that goes into these truly personalized products. Pros even did a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, and Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. So try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering the Artie Friends listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros, P-R-O-S-E dot com slash Artie Friends. That's pros.com slash Artie Friends for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash Artie Friends. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Already Friends. This is Kara. And this is Allison. Today, we are going to be joined by a very special guest, another local Omaha creative. His name is Mark DeLeon. I'll tell you about it later. First, we're going to catch up, do our peaks of the week, and then Mark's going to hop on. And we're going to talk all things photo and trusting in the process first. Yeah, it was a great conversation and looking forward to hearing more from him. But yeah, we're going to catch up really quick. What's going on with you? What's been going on in my world? Not a whole lot. I did go to my first, well, virtual therapy class this morning. (laughs) What am I saying? It's not a class. It's literally a meeting. (laughs) She's just a workout girly, always on that yoga grind, CrossFit grind. You're just in the class mindset. In the class mindset. It was a session. <laughs> and <laughs> I I feel like maybe I'm giggly and light now. Maybe that's why I like I can't gather my thoughts because it was it was really calming. Like I really needed that. I felt like it took a weight off my shoulders. I did it through better help and the lady that I got randomly matched with was like the exact person I needed to talk through some things with. And then I went to a yoga class, an actual class this morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> went to the grove. Yeah, it's been a good morning. How how's your day? I know. Not not really a lot of updates here either, but I feel like I'm kind of finally figuring out my workout routine. As you guys know, I've been very into 
Pilates and Legree Pilates, specifically this place called Plank here in St. Louis. The class, oh yeah, what? I, I'm raising my hand. I have a question. At yes. yoga this morning, a friend of mine and I, we were trying to figure out what the difference is between Legree and Pilates. Please yes. tell. Great question. I don't know the exact science. I think it has to do with the reformer. It has to do with the machine. I'm pretty sure. It's just a different subset. It's not super different, but I do think like Legree is harder, which is kind of going to lead to why I feel like I've kind of finally figured out my workout routine because I'm only going two days a week now because apparently it's so hard and good for you that you don't need to go as much as you think. So that's what I've kind of come to the conclusion too. So I've been going two times a week. Also, that just like helps my bank account, only paying for two classes a week instead of three, four or more. And then I've been doing three days of lifting. So I do upper body, lower body, then full body, and then just doing walks also in Love there. That. So, okay. A peak of the week. Yes. Okay. My peak <laughs> of the week is that I went out to eat in the Hill, which is the Italian neighborhood in St. Louis, which I feel like I've talked about before. It's like one of the only standing true Italian neighborhoods in the U.S. And so I had a nice pasta last night and it was really good. Ooh. Did you yeah. go by yourself? No, I went with Connor's mom and we just actually, we got takeout. So... It was very nice. But have you had toasted ravioli before? Or do you know what toasted ravioli is? It seems like it would be like if ravioli and lasagna had a baby, but I don't know. Okay, that's so funny because I feel like everyone who's from St. Louis thinks that everyone knows what toasted ravioli is. But when I went to Mizzou, I had never heard of it before. And people call it tea ravs. But yeah, it's basically just raviolis that they bread and they toast. And it's really good. And it's like a St. Louis tradition. Huh. And so I'm always curious if people outside of St. Louis have ever heard of it because I know that I had never heard of it. So yeah. And it lived up to the hype? Oh yeah, they're so good. I've had them before. But if you ever come to St. Louis, you need to get toasted raviolis. Okay, hot tip. Yeah. Um, My peak of the week, I had a nice painting day with myself on Sunday. I haven't just artistically painted probably since I painted at New Wave when I did that desert mural two falls ago. Because it's like we have to paint our house. We painted so much in our apartment at New Wave between, you know, like the wall, the not really fun painting. I feel like I'm indifferent about painting. It seems like it's going to be fun. And then you start doing it and and your like arm is sore and your neck is sore. And you're just like, oh, we have so many coats left. And we do all the windowsills. But on Sunday, I was like, you know what? It's a perfect day. It's quiet afternoon. And I had thrifted these two large canvases from the Goodwill bins a few weeks ago. And I had been meaning to repurpose them into something that we could use in our apartment. And I just used paint that I had already had at New Wave, just some like soft pinks and browns. I made a little video. I can post it this week before this goes live. But it was so therapeutic. Just like being off my phone. I had a vibey playlist going on. I was just really in the element. And I think I need to do that more often. But it's like, where... Like if no one wants to buy my art, I'm just, it's taking me back to art school where we'd have all these art projects every single week. And I would just have like canvases and drawings and things like all over my apartment. And it's like, I don't know what to do with all of these. Yeah, that stinks. Like if you're not selling it or like if someone's not commissioning it, like. Yeah, it's like, what do you do with it? Yeah, because this was fun because I was like, oh, I know that these are going in a very specific place in our apartment. Like I did the nails and the placements of them before I painted them because I knew what. I was going for. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe it was a one-time thing, but it was really nice. Definitely my I peak. love that. Thank you. Okay, cool. All right. And let's read some of your guys' peaks. Karen said, planned a trip with a couple of girls I want to be friends with. Wait, that's so fun. No better way to get to know each other than to head out on a little excursion together. Kate said, got engaged and going on my dream vacation this week. 
what an amazing week. Congratulations and hope you have a great time. And Danny said, started sober September. It's already got me back to running and I started learning to rock climb. Ooh, I watched um, this documentary called The Alpinist, which was all about rock climbing and like free rock climbing. Oh, it goes over this beautiful story of this guy. He was so wholesome. Really good Netflix documentary. If anyone needs a good one, I cried. It was so sad. Wow. I'm not even into rock climbing and it was great. I mean, I'm not not into rock climbing. I don't even know mm-hmm. why I decided to watch it, but it was it was really wholesome. Wow. So congrats, Danny. <laughs> also. Yay. Awesome. And Grace said, passing my insurance exam. Congrats. Glad you studied and passed that test. Smart queen. Love a smart queen. <laughs> so... Mark DeLeon is a wedding and elopement photographer. If you peek at his socials, which you should do because they're stunning, you would be like, wow, this guy is blowing up overnight. His content is so good. And he tells you all about his journey from going from pre-dental into the entrepreneurship route, which included a lot of trusting in God's timing and really just letting himself go full send into this journey. It was a really great conversation. We take it in a few different directions and it was really a story about just making things happen. All right. And without further ado, here is Mark DeLeon. Mark, go ahead and introduce yourself. Who are you? What do you like to do? How did you get into photography? Give us a lowdown. What's up, guys? So, hi, I'm Mark DeLeon. I'm a destination wedding and element photographer. Um, I've been doing this for about two years now. I got into it through iPhone portrait mode, believe it or not. (laughs) So, yeah, that's just what I like to do. Um, It's kind of my job title, I guess. (laughs) And how did you get into it before the iPhone portrait mode? Take us back. Yeah. Well, honestly, I've always had a a vision for kind of like photography. Um, But I would say that the iPhone portrait mode, I think it was like the iPhone 7 Plus or something that came out with it first. I really found it fascinating to like use the depth effect and like just kind of focus on a certain subject and then like have everything else just like kind of fade away. So I think that really enhanced my, I, I don't know, like my admiration for photography. But I mean, prior to that I would just say like just the art of it I guess awesome and when did you get your first camera you're shooting on the iPhone 7 when when did you take the stuff that you're like okay maybe I should get a DSLR yeah okay so I have believe it or not I was shooting on my iPhone for a few years like all throughout high school I used to shoot senior sessions and I knew it started getting serious when people would ask me to shoot their weddings and I was like you know I'm not shooting a whole wedding on a phone no thanks <laughs> um, <laughs> don't want to do that to you but when I got to college I know noticed that I was getting a lot more inquiries, um, like serious inquiries. And so I was like, you know, maybe I should invest in myself and get a camera. So I found one on Facebook Marketplace and it was... I don't even, oh, it was like the Canon 80D or something. I don't know if you guys are camera people, but pretty much very, very intro camera. I had no clue whether if it was a good camera or a bad camera, I just bought it and I kind of went with it. And that was the camera I used actually until like last summer. So yeah. That's a great starter camera. If anyone's looking to get into photography, I think I started with the 60D way back when in 2011. So I was along those same lines as you. Great, great. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it did the job for sure. But I just got, it got to a point where it like, it wasn't doing everything I needed it to. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. So I just, you know, it, it did the job for me. <laughs> 
Love that. Okay, great. I love that background. Love hearing where you kind of came from. So how have you developed your style now of photography? And what would you describe is your style of how you take photos, what your visual eye is? Of course. So I like to consider myself like a super intimate and adventure type photographer. I hate the idea of being cheesy and doing poses that have been you know done since 2012. So I definitely consider myself like an adventure photographer. I think what sets me apart from most people is that I really try to capture intimacy and, you know, raw moments. And I do that by, you know, kind of going towards the candid route and just having fun with it, just capturing the genuine moments during our sessions rather than just kind of like putting on this fake scenario and, you know, having my clients live through it. And it's just not something that they would do on a regular basis. So I think the way I encapsulate that is just really by, you know, making them comfortable in a setting that they would normally be in. And that just kind of helps their personalities shine and come out naturally. So... Yeah. Your angles are so different. Like if someone went to your page and there's so many photographers now that it can start to look a little redundant, but you're different. You you shoot oh. different. It <laughs> like how yeah. do you do it? Thank you. No, first of all, thank you so much. I really love when people say that because I try. And some a lot of people are like, I try to be different. No, I actually do. Like I <laughs> you know, I when if I think of something during a photo shoot and I'm like like I, I just if I think it's mainstream, I won't do it. Like I, I try mm-hmm. to do something that just isn't done. So to answer your question, honestly, I don't really know. I mean, I just kind of like, I I would say the only, you know, thought I have during these shoots is like, if I think of something that's mainstream, I don't do that. And I do the opposite. If that makes any sense. (laughs) No, that's great. I love that. Like you said, you're taking the candid shots because I think people are starting to realize through these very posed and styled shoots that's not even representing their wedding day or their engagement. Like it's not, it's not representing those memories and those moments. So I love that that's the approach that you take. Yeah. I mean, and also like during like, just like photo shoots, um, apart from like weddings, I think a really key factor that I use is I assign my clients prompts rather than poses. So that way it kind of makes a natural flow of, you know, how they do things rather than just hitting that pose. And then it just looks unnatural. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Tell us more. <laughs> what, what's yeah, a prompt? So for example, yeah. So for example, if I'm trying to get them to laugh for whatever reason, I don't, I, I honestly, I try to steer away from laughing. I think that's just too cheesy for me. But if I'm trying to get them to laugh, I'll like, for example, one of my prompts is like, I tell one of the either person whisper like your favorite cereal in their ear as sexy as you can. And they'll do that. And while doing that, they'll start laughing and it looks natural mm-hmm. rather than just being like, can you guys laugh for me? You know, just, ah. you know how awkward that sounds. And then that's exactly <laughs> what they do. They're like, they're like, ah, and it just looks so fake. <laughs> so for example, like another one is like, I, I always tell them to reenact an airport scene, like that they just saw each other for the first time at an airport. So then they'll go oh run gosh. to each other and j- they'll just be super like emotional. And I don't know, it just, it, that's how I, I capture true emotions rather than just being like, okay, now can you guys run to each other and love on each other? Like, I don't know. So those are just some examples. That's amazing. I want to hear, what were you doing before you were a photographer? Were you yeah. doing a different career path or did you have something else oh, in mind? Oh boy. I have a story <laughs> for you guys. Okay. I, I want to hear really, it. Like, crazy story and I'm not going to hold back. So, whew, okay. Everyone buckle down. <laughs> um, <laughs> grab your popcorn and your, you know, your coffee. So all up and through like high school, I always knew I wanted to work in the medical field. I just... I found a fascination in that just because I hadn't really connected with any, anything else apart from there. So I just, I don't know. 
I loved the medical field, but I also had kind of convinced myself that's what I wanted to do. So I was in, you know, health clubs throughout high school and even college. I was a biology major in college and I kind of switched back and forth between like pre-dentistry, pre-health, pre-medicine, pre-nursing, but they were all within the medical healthcare field. And I just, I really thought that was what I was supposed to do in life. But I got to college and it was kind of hard for me. And I had never struggled in school before that. I was always really, you know, smart. But for some reason, college was just not easy for me. And I, it was, I was getting to a really dark point in my life. And I was working really hard, you know, to get good grades. I was tutoring people. They were doing much better than I was. But for some reason, I was still doing so bad. And so I was just in such a deep point and dark point in my life. And I decided, you know, photography was something that kind of lightened me up and brought me out of those dark points. And so I kind of started to, you know, get really questionable. And I don't know if you guys are religious or not, but I started praying a lot and asking, you know, why is this happening to me? Like, why am I struggling with school if I've never struggled with school before? I know the material. I'm just doing so poorly in school. And I kind of feel like that was God's way of telling me, like, listen, this isn't the plan I have for you. I have something better in store for you. Just follow your passions and follow your dreams. And so fast forward, you know, a few years, I was a fifth year. Um, this was actually this year in January. Um, I took a trip to California and I was there for just to kind of get away. I kind of made it like a, an annual vacation over Christmas break to just go to California and get away. So there was a conflict with one of my classes that pretty much I was going to have to graduate another year later. So I was going to be a, a sixth year. And at that point, I was just so over it. I was like, no, I'm ready to be done with school. I'm not, I've already come to the conclusion that I'm not going to use my degree anyways. So I was sitting on the rooftop of a hotel in downtown Los Angeles and um, I got the email from my advisor and I was just kind of broken. I was like, no, I had already made plans for myself to, you know, start traveling, start doing photography full time when I graduated. But that meant I was going to have to put those on hold again for school. And what was really hard for me is that at that point, school was the only thing that was holding me back from, you know, following my dreams. And so I kind of told myself, I'm going to make a risky decision. But if I make this, this risk to drop out of school, I'm going to put everything I have into, you know, my passions and being successful at them and working my hardest um, to make something out of it. I'm not going to just drop out just to drop out. So I knew I was ready. I knew that I had the drive and the ambition. And ever since then, I'm not even kidding. Like that next week, I gained over 7,000 followers on Instagram because I had just been doing these shoots that kind of went viral. And like, um, I was just really busting my ass, to be honest. And I had already seen that that immediate like snowball effect response of just what can happen if you work hard towards something that you're truly passionate about. And with that being said, I mean, I just kind of took that and I ran with it. I let it just keep growing. Um, I started working even harder and harder and eventually I was able to quit my job a month later. So that was scary. I've never gone without a job. Like I've been supporting myself entirely since I was like 15. So I've always been working and I, I didn't know the life of like not having to physically go to a job to make money and make a consistent paycheck. And so that was really scary for me. But I knew that if I were to take this risk and invest in myself and trust myself, then it would all pay off. And so, yeah, I went from being a pre-dental student to doing this full time now. So yeah, that's, that's a very summed up short like story of my whole life story but no one of the things that I think people see if they come to your page is like wait this is this guy like a new photographer he's just like an overnight sensation he's blowing up so quickly so I think it's important for us as the listener and the viewer to see like no there was years that went into this it was just like taking that leap to being like okay I'm all in now right Yeah, definitely. And like I said, I had been shooting, you know, for a couple years before that, but it was also just like part time, kind of like a hobby type of thing. But I do want to kind of dive a little bit into some of the events that happened that kind of made me feel 
secure about my my decision. So back in California, I was there a week or two weeks after the first time I was in California. And I had just dropped out of college. I had just quit my job. And I was supposed to be leaving out of California on that Friday. And my flight got canceled. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just go to the beach and figure out what I have to do now because I can't leave until Monday. So I have to, you know, get an Airbnb. And I was pretty much, I was on the beach with my suitcase, my all my luggage, just like chilling, trying to find a plan. And I started just honestly praying and talking to God and just asking like, if he can show me a sign or just tell me like, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And after about three hours of just meditating and praying, I decided I got hungry. So I was leaving the beach and some random kid came up to me and he tapped me on the shoulder. I thought he was going to rob me because I had like my camera gear and stuff. And so I was like shook. I was like, what do you want? And he was probably like 16. Um, Anyways, he comes up to me and he's like, hey man, like, sorry to bug you. I just, I saw you walking by and I just had this really, really strong urge that I needed to pray for you. And he was like, and also God wanted me to tell you, I kid you not, he said this. He's like, God wanted me to tell you that whatever you're doing in this moment is exactly what you need to be doing. And what made me even more creeped out, well, not creeped out, but (laughs) what kind of shook me more was he was like, I know you're not from here, but whatever you're doing in this moment is exactly what you need to be doing. And after having just prayed for like three hours, asking for God to show me a sign, like that happened. And then yeah, I mean, it just kind of went from there. And that's just when I really felt safe and secure in my decision. So I just feel like that's a really, really pivotal moment in my life. And that's I just have to share that part whenever I'm talking about like my testimony, because I don't know, it just it's it means a lot to me. So yeah, and knowing that you were about to take this big challenge. And like you said, you were jumping into kind of the unknown because you've only been doing it for so long. You're brand new. But just having that, like you said, sign from God, sign from the universe that you were doing the right thing, I'm sure gave you so much comfort and kind of showed you that, yeah, you were doing the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, if I wouldn't have had those responses, I feel like I would have maybe hit a breaking point so much sooner. But having those, you know, that validation really, really helped drive me forward and just keep pushing towards my goals. So, wow. So, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Were there other events? You said there were like a few key things. Was there some other stuff that happened? Yeah. So, a lot of them are just kind of like small moments that I just kind of consider them as like signs or whatever. But pretty much, so when I used to go to these California trips, I would reach out to a lot of couples to shoot them like for free so I could market myself and just, you know, just do fun shoots. I just love doing them. And every single person that I ended up working with was like a, like spiritual, they were super spiritual. And they were super, you know, I feel like I was meant to meet them. And they would like, we would pray together, they would tell me like, you know, I just you're something special. They would just they were just so, so different than a regular person off the street. Um, Like a regular couple that I would just ask to shoot like every single one of them. I felt like I was supposed to meet them. And I was supposed to come into contact with them at some point for a reason. And it was just, you know, it was it was really awesome to see that like, I just felt like, I wasn't alone and I just kept seeing these signs and, you know, having this reassurance that I was doing the right thing. So meaning and connecting with the right people. Yeah. Right. And like a, growing off of that, like the people that I would meet, they knew a certain person that knew some, someone that knew someone that I needed to help grow my business or like to, you know, for advice or like, you know, just connections. Like all these people that I were meeting, it was, they turned into lifelong friendships and I'm still so close with all of them. And I, just, I don't know. I just don't think it's coincidence. I, the fact that I, you know, messaged random people, we shot and now we're like very close friends and we grew so much together. I just, I don't think it was a coincidence at all. So that's incredible. So you're at the beach, 
you got that sign that you're on the right track. What do you do from there? And how does that get you to where you are now? Yeah. So first thing I did was I called my mom and I was crying because I was like, mom, I just got a sign and I was looking for one. I don't know. So going off of that, I just, I was like, okay, it's game time. I got to bust my ass. I got to start making a plan. I have to start working hard. So after that trip, I went home jobless and I was like, well, here we go. And, but then again, that's why I feel like someone never left my side because all of a sudden I started getting all these inquiries, all these, you know, shoots, like paid shoots that were making me a lot of money. And, you know, I think another thing that really helped me get by during those moments, those months where I wasn't having a consistent check was I, I created my own presets, Adobe Lightroom presets, and I sold those. Um, and those made me a really big amount of money to keep me afloat during, you know, those times where I was trying to keep, you know, start rolling with shoots. But I definitely, during that time, I just kind of started, you know, trying to build my, my brand, shoot as much as I could because I meant exposure and just working with the clients that I was getting. I was definitely not, I was, I was not in a position to be as selective with my clients as I am now. So I was pretty much taking on anything and everything I was getting, but you know, at that same time, it was practice for me. It was helping me grow in so many ways, both as a business owner, but also as a creative. So I just kind of went with the flow and I just kind of started working more and doing things that I was not comfortable with. And that I feel like that really helped grow my brand. That's amazing. I would love to talk about just how lonely it can feel being an entrepreneur. I think all three yeah. of us are in this very, you know, we are carving our own path and doing a non-traditional career. And it can right. be hard when you're like, no one is doing the same thing I'm doing. My friends are on their own paths. Did you have right. any struggles like that? <laughs> so yes, like pretty much the whole time. <laughs> I <laughs> felt, I was, okay, I'm honestly a very independent person. I don't need to have friends to be happy. I don't need to have friends. If anything, I like having little to no friends so that way I can just focus and hone in on my craft. And the fact that I have that trait really was helpful because I was traveling a lot. I was alone all the time, but at the same time, I just felt like, I don't know, God and the universe was just helping me feel, you know, not alone, but I think where it's starting to climb a little bit more is like, honestly, right now, which is why I bought a cat. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, I'm working at home a lot now. I, all my friends went back to school. Um, they have full-time jobs. And so like, I'm working from home and if not, I'm not doing that, I'm traveling. So like, I've learned to be my best friend, but the way I'm dealing with that is just kind of just, you know, trying to look forward and look, look into the future and see that everything I'm doing right now is going to pay off and, you know, would recommend getting a cat because it's already helped. So <laughs> That's amazing. We're going to be doing an episode on pets soon and I'm sure Ooh, nice. coping with loneliness <laughs> will be a huge part of that. But I do want to take it back a second and I love everything you're saying about connecting with God and that has helped you in all these trying times, like times where you've felt very stuck or uninspired mm -hmm. or really defeated. And spirituality is definitely a big part of our podcast. For us, it's, you know, different things and to everyone, it's different things. But for you, right. what tips do you have for connecting with God or the universe or whatever you call that? Because it's truly guided you through your experience. It sounds like it's really helped you. So right. what tips do you have for someone who needs that connection? 
prayer. Mm-hmm. I would say when I'm praying, I feel like I'm truly talking to someone and I have yet to find or to have a prayer and not be answered. Every single thing that I've prayed for has happened and has been brought to light. And I'm a living, I guess I'm a living example of that. I mean, I had been praying for a career like this for so long and I just feel like the prayers that I was asking weren't like, give me a career where I don't have to work. It was like, give me a career where I can do something that I absolutely love doing. And with that money follows, like for me, it wasn't about the money at all. It was just doing something that I was happy and fulfilling and just the little things along the way, you know, like when money was starting to get low, I would start praying and be like, Lord, I trust you, please provide in these tough times. And all of a sudden I would get six wedding inquiries for eight grand a piece. Like it was, it's insane. Like just... I would definitely say just like trusting the process, having faith and believing in yourself. Honestly, I feel like that's a huge, huge point. And, you know, it's super important if you're going to take a risk like this, you have to fully and wholeheartedly trust yourself and believe that you can do something like this. Because if there's even a slight bit of doubt, you're going to get talked out of it. You're going to talk yourself out of it. And if, if you don't talk yourself out of it, someone else is going to. So you just have to be really kind of like stubborn, I would say. And I don't know, hardworking, driven, and just have, you know, goals and be able to achieve them. So, Our next partner, Athletic Greens, has a product Allison and I really love and think is super cool. I started taking AG1 once I started traveling like crazy for work. Their travel packs make it super easy to take care of my gut health while traveling, keep my immune system in check, and give me energy that I need to work on super long production days. Yes, I've also been able to try Athletic Greens. I got it for a gift for Christmas, and I'm so impressed by the product and its ingredients. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. It's lifestyle friendly. Me and Allison are raving about the ingredients. We love that it's keto, paleo, it's plant-based, dairy-free, gluten-free. In our own experiences, you can really incorporate it into any diet or lifestyle that you choose, and it costs less than $3 a day. To make it easy to reclaim your gut health, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Okay, sorry to like go out of order, but I had like one more question on the the lonely entrepreneur route. Your socials have grown immensely very quickly and you being someone, I think that's like how I am is like, I just like to focus and I do like to work and I I need a small group. I don't need like tons and tons of friends. How do you feel like your relationship with people has changed since you've gotten more success? Like, because you're in Omaha too. And I think that that, as people, you know, maybe start to gain a following or have career success or whatever it is, it it changes the dynamic between you and people that you've known for a while. Have you experienced any of that where you absolutely. just... Yeah. Okay. Go into it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I'm actually pretty grateful and lucky that every single like important person in my life has shown nothing but support. And I haven't gotten any signs of, you know, envy and I don't know, jealousy or something from the people that mean something to me, but definitely other, you know, 
acquaintances. I have, you know, I've heard some things and I just, I honestly don't pay much attention to it, truly. Like, I just don't care enough to listen to what people say. And if I, you know, if I would, I wouldn't be where I am today. So I would say, I mean, acquaintances, sure, I've gotten people just saying, oh, well, it's for the time being. Like, what's he going to do when he, when he's older? Like, you know, all this stuff. But obviously, you know, people that talk like that are just kind of not happy with their lives. So I just, I just focus on, you know, the positives and who is actually supporting me and, you know, following my journey and, you know, believing in me. Um, and with that, luckily I, everyone that I have in my life, that means a lot to me is supporting and loving in that way. So yeah, I mean, (laughs) definitely just don't listen to the haters. (laughs) Anytime you're doing anything in life, like if you make any sort of waves, you could be the best person with the best intentions and a pure heart and there will still be haters. And I think people need to hear that because no matter what you're doing, like people are going to talk shit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's funny because I knew that going into this, I knew that like when I was growing rapidly, I was going to get some sort of backlash. I was going to get some, someone saying that, oh, he buys his followers. I got that one a lot, believe it or not. Um, but if you look at my engagement on all my posts, like it's very evident that I'm, I don't go that route. And honestly, that's why would, why would anyone, that's like hurting your own brand is like, oh, you have so many followers, but like your posts get 200 likes. Like, I don't know. So I just, I, that was like the number one thing. And I know it was just people were saying that just to kind of get to my head. But honestly, I laughed at it. I was like, you know what, believe what you want. You're not my client. At the end of the day, you're not the one that's paying my bills. So I don't really care. And I mean, a huge tip that I have is if you want to be successful, and you want to grow, you have to, first of all, stay humble. And two, you just have to engage with like, as many people as you want. Like, for example, when I started growing, tons of people were messaging me and like asking me like, Oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with your work. Do you have any pro tips and stuff? And these people were like, they either had five followers or they had 20,000 followers. I answered every single one. I treated them all exactly the same. And I think that's what really stood out to people was that no matter the amount of following, no matter how important or how um, the status of someone, you know, I treated them all the same. And in the comments, you know, I was replying to everyone because for me, like I said, honestly, it wasn't really about the growth that just happened as a result of some me doing doing something that I love. So I would say definitely, you know, just stay humble and don't let things get to you because I don't know. As a retail shop owner, I know how important it is to have a good, reliable POS system. That's why I'm so excited about our sponsor today, Shopify. Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source. Track everything across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers both inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash already friends. That is all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash already friends to take your retail business to the next 
next level today. Shopify.com slash already friends. Thank you again to Shopify for sponsoring the already friends podcast. You won't grow that way. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so easy to be tricked into not being humble when it's never been easier to grow a social media following with things like TikTok or Reels. Like you can truly blow up so fast. And I love what you're saying about responding to people and responding to comments because we always hear that you need to build a community and you have to build your community trust. And it's like, how do you do that? It's literally through doing exactly what you've been doing. That's how you build community. That's how you build a loyal following is just caring, truly just caring about these people and providing value in a genuine, authentic way. Right. And it's so funny because like, honestly, like I've built such insane relationships with like a lot of my followers, like just people that used to message me from the beginning and they've been following my journey this whole time. Like I'm convinced if I were to sell like feet pics, my clients would buy them. Like that's how, that's how supportive they are. And I'm so happy and blessed that like I have a, I have an audience that's just that loving and supporting. Like they will just, they will support me endlessly. And that means so much more to me than, you know, having a million followers and just not really that support. So we're all growing together. (laughs) Okay. So you mentioned staying humble with that and being grounded. You have this amazing, beautiful new apartment now. I feel like you're really developing your style and your fashion. How does this all go hand in hand of just like keeping you grounded and in your element? Yeah. So with the flexibility of being an entrepreneur, I've had to take on new hobbies. And one of those being interior design. (laughs) I'm like obsessed with trying to make my apartment as comfy and as vibey as possible. I would say, I mean, I don't really know the exact way to answer your question, but that's just, I mean, I feel like staying grounded, just finding things I like doing outside of photography and making my workspace as comfortable and as breathable as possible. And with that being said, like I'm, I've been, I've always been the type of person I have to come home and I have to be able to unwind and unleash and feel great in my, in my space. And some people are comfortable doing that living out of a van, but others like, I don't know. I just feel like if I'm living in a really nice area, I will feel and I will more productive and I will feel so much better about myself and it'll drive me to be an even better person. So I don't know. That's just kind of the approach I've made. And I don't know. I've, a lot of it's just been part of the hobby of just interior design now. So what are some of your favorite brands or places to find stuff for your home and closet? Yeah. So fun fact, everything in my apartment is thrifted. The only thing, yeah, support local guys. (laughs) The only thing that we bought, because I have a roommate, was our our kitchen table because we just got tired of looking. We couldn't find one that fit the vibe. But some like thrift stores are, there's this place downtown Omaha that's called the Imaginatorium Supercenter or something. Imaginarium. Yeah. Yeah. Imaginarium. It's so cool. Like they have so much stuff there. I've gotten like all my rugs there. Um, My little like treasure chest coffee table thing is from there. My end tables are from there. Just like small little things as well. And other than that, like just random Goodwills. There's also in like, I think it's kind of close to that Dundee Double Shot coffee shop. There's two like vintage or like oh, Rod- um, something like that. They're Roger on the corners. Maybe. There's two oh, super cool. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's like 52nd and Dodge. Yeah. There's those two have really good things as well. So, I mean, those are probably my favorite, but honestly, I've just kind of gotten lucky. Like I, we were, so we had bought this brand new burnt orange velvet couch. I don't know if you guys have seen it before, but it's on my highlights on my Instagram. It was the coziest thing ever. It fit the vibe perfectly, but it was infested with dog smell. It was disgusting. And so my roommate is allergic. So we had to get rid of it and it was so sad. So I literally walked into St. Paul de Vincent or Vincent St. Paul, that, that thrift store in I think it's downtown. And 
I saw this couch that I have now and they had just brought it in 20 minutes before I walked in and it was 125 bucks and it's like the perfect mid-century modern couch ever. So I, I don't know. A lot of it might be luck, you know, but yeah, yeah. I just thrift stores and Goodwill's antique stores. No, we talk about thrifting on here all the time and how you can really find unique things, but it does require some patience. So like you said, you know, you kind of give up on the kitchen table, but you know, usually these things don't just happen overnight. You slowly curate your home and closet as things come into you or into your space that are what you're looking for. Exactly. And I, I took the thrifting approach. I could have bought like purchased all of my furniture like new, but I liked the idea of thrifting because it makes everything perfectly imperfect. Like you're not going to find two perfect things together. Like it just makes everything so perfectly and imperfectly cohesive, if that makes any sense at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, there's literally one of those like Danish words for that where something has just enough like use or something that it's not brand new anymore. And that's why you like it. I obviously relate to that a lot. Uh, Circling, tying this all into your photography. One of your videos was you like on the ground. It was like how a normal photographer would shoot this angle. And then this is how I do it. I feel like that even kind of ties into the thrifting thing of like just doing something different, getting out of the box. Right. Right. You want to go into that video? Yeah. So that video, I think that's actually, that was one of the first ones that blew up for me. And I had no idea that was going to blow up. I just, I think people thought it was funny, but it was pretty much, we were at a content day and there was a group of photographers. They were all shooting around each other of this couple. And I was like far away from the group. And I was like laying on my back, getting a different angle from the photographers. And so like, I just, I think that blew up because people thought it was funny, but that just kind of shows that whenever I'm shooting, I just try to do everything that's not done or not typical. And whenever I look at anything, honestly, I try to look, okay, how can I make this unique? How can I make this a different form of art? And that goes into both thrifting and photo shoots. Like when I'm looking at a piece of furniture, I'm like, okay, can I like restyle this? Can I repaint this? Can I redesign this piece of furniture that has potential? Um, And in photo shoots, like how can I make this photo shoot stand out from the previous one or from a similar one? And whether that's being with the clients or just the setting in general, I mean, that's just honestly, that's, that's kind of my brand is just trying to do something different and think outside of the box and everything I do. I just love being creative in that sense. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's so important with expressing creativity is trying new things, not being afraid to fail. Do you feel like there's some shots that you take and you're like, oh my God, this is horrendous. I'm never going to post this. Yeah, honestly, (laughs) a lot of them. Like, it's just trial and error. You have to get your hands dirty. And that's like my pro tip for any beginning photographer is like, you're gonna, 90% of the time, you're gonna have shots that you're just like, why did I do that? That's disgusting. Like, why did I think that was a good idea? But that's how you grow. And that's how you, you know, kind of like figure out your style and what not to do, what works for you. So yeah, to this day, I mean, some sessions I just did, I was like, what on earth was I thinking? Like, this is so cringe, but I don't know. You just got to make it work. And a lot of that is, this is like a whole different side of story, but like a lot of that comes with editing as well. Like how can I edit these to make them feel, you know, intimate or like cropping and like doing, making a piece of art out of something so bland. So just the creativity in that sense. And I feel like it kind of ties in with being humble too a little bit because if when you were starting out, you were like, I can't do free shoots. I need to be making money. Like this is my time. My time deserves money. You would have never had the flexibility because when you have a free shoot, they're not expecting anything. They're getting a free shoot. So you can do those crazy shots and get maybe two good photos and 500 that are trash. But you weren't above 
doing that kind of work. So I feel like that allowed you to grow and to become super, super talented. Right. And kind of feeding off of that, I like, so really, really like years ago when I was starting photography, I used to hear that people used to do free shoots. And I was like, why would anyone ever do that? Like, that's stupid. Why are you, if you're not getting paid for it, why are you wasting your time? So I was actually, I was at that point, like, Mm -hmm. like a long time ago. But then I started thinking about it and I was like, you know, no one is just going to randomly come up to me and be like, you, I want you to take pictures of me with your iPhone. Like, I mean, that they did, that did happen, but I was like, you know, eventually I'm going to have to go out there and, you know, do things for free and just kind of let my, my imagination grow. Um, so that's a huge mindset that really shifted for me. And that's what just, you know, helped growth, you know, tremendously just kind of steering away from the idea of thinking that I was better and thinking that I was too good to not get paid for something. And even to this day, like if a client reaches out to me and they're slightly below my budget, but I, we connect very well and like, we're just dying to work with each other. And I, you know, their wedding or something is in super cool location. Like it's really not about the money for me. It's just the experience and the growth from it and just giving my clients what they want and what they are looking for. And so you just have to really, really, and that kind of ties to being humble is just being humble, staying true to yourself and always remembering your why and just why, why are you even here? Like, why are you, why did you decide to do this career? Is it because of the money or is it because this is your passion? And obviously at the end of the day, we do have bills to pay. We do have standards that we need to follow, but you know, be flexible and just kind of work with your clients. So tying back in to making work, that's not good. I did go to art school and they would teach us all the time. Like you're going to make work that sucks and that you're embarrassed of and how you just said that you'll get it. And you're like, what was I thinking? Like that was (laughs) not good. I think, you know, even with new wave, sometimes I'll pick out and source items that I think I really like in the moment. And then I get home and I'm like, this is so ugly. What did I pick (laughs) out? And, or, you know, as content creators, we all make something and you post it and you're like, that is so cringe or I hate that. This is so bad. So I think it's just good that we can all admit that and say that like not every single thing that we create, we're like, this is a banger. Like those are few and far in between. Yeah. And it's so funny because like, if please don't actually do this, but if you scroll down the very beginning of my (laughs) photography page, I almost vomit every time I go down there. I'm like, what the hell? People were actually paying me for this. Like so cringe, (laughs) my editing style, my basic shooting, but we all start somewhere. It's just, yeah, definitely just keep growing and trusting yourself because we've all been there and we all have work that we are like really just embarrassed about. So (laughs) Yeah, and if you never yeah. got out there and took the photos or posted it and you just started now, you'd be at that point. Like you can't just start exactly. and be amazing and incredible. Right. Yeah, you learned through the process. Mm-hmm. For sure. I love that you were talking about, you know, taking projects that maybe you're at somewhere really cool and it pays less or you just have mm-hmm. really cool projects. What's your favorite project that you've done? And maybe tell us where you're going. Are there any cool locations that you're going in the coming future? Or where is your favorite place that you have done photos at? Yeah. So as of late, I haven't done anything international. I have a few international bookings for next year. The coolest places I've done shoots though are like, I don't know, probably like, I just love the West Coast and like the sand dunes are some of my favorite photos ever. Like I just always find myself going back to those as like, it's just such a mystical place and I love it. But a really cool location I'm going to this upcoming year is Guam. I have a wedding there, right? I know it's super, super pretty. And I have one in Switzerland as well. And I one in Norway, I believe. 
So I haven't even gotten my passport yet, but we're working on that. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm just really excited to kind of start growing outside of the US. And I actually do get a lot of inquiries for international stuff, but they're either on days that I'm already booked or I just, I can't make it work for some reason. But this next year, I really want to hone in and focus on, you know, going international, just really seeing the the whole world and not just all of the United States. And I do plan, this is a little foreshadowing, but I do plan on hosting a very, very sick content day internationally, but like a week long next year. So stay tuned for that. That'd be sweet. <laughs> yeah. Those are great. And actually, okay. portfolios. Allison, yeah. you were part of our first content day. You're one of the OGs. <laughs> I know. That's what I was just going to say. Like, that's literally how we connected and ended up here on this podcast was one of those events. Right. Did you think we were weird? Like when we reached out to you, like, I always wonder oh. if people think that like some random photographer is like asking me to take pictures of me and my boyfriend like kissing. Like just <laughs> do people think that's weird? Like, I don't know. No, I'm happy to have the photos. I exactly. thought it was a blast. Yeah. Okay. I want to ask sure. you, a f- we have a couple last questions. Here's one of them. Uh, okay. So I want to ask you, when you took the leap and went full time, I feel like what you were kind of saying was your goal was just to make enough money to make it work. Now that you've done that, what are your goals for your photography business? Right. So I'm currently working on creating a mentorship and business coaching side of things. I feel like I have so much to share and so many insane, you know, growth tips and opportunities for people that I in in the position that I once was in. So I definitely want to start an education platform. I actually do want to open uh, I don't know if I want to say this or not, but I want to open like, <laughs> like I want to start opening coffee shops that are attached to, to photography studios that are super aesthetic. So like, if you guys don't know me, a big part of my everyday life is coffee. I'm obsessed with coffee. And I mean, I've always wanted to own a coffee shop. So I've always had this cool idea of having a photography studio attached to a coffee shop. And I just kind of want to do like a chain of those um, on the West Coast. And maybe I'll obviously probably open one here in Omaha because this is where my roots are. But And apart from that, I eventually, like long-term goals, I want to start, this is kind of a long shot, but I honestly think anything is possible if I have, if I really put my mind to it. So I want to actually develop my own camera brand, like Nikon, Canon, Sony. I just feel like there's a little bit of each of those cameras that I wish would be all in one that could be the perfect camera. And so as a photographer and having worked in the field and just perfecting a camera, there's some things that I would love to intertwine with each other and make the perfect camera, I guess. So that's, that's a really big goal for me, but if it's bound to happen, it will happen and if it's not, then it won't. So that's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Love the big dreams. We have a big global audience here on the podcast. So you are still booking and you're, you know, you're hosting this content shoot. You right. would love to do more weddings and elopements abroad. Are you booking for next year? How do people hire you? How can they connect with you? Yeah. So I'm, I am now officially booking for next year. This can be internationally or just, you know, within the United States. But the way you book is you just go to my website, markdeleonphotography.com. And there's some forms in there that you could fill out kind of tailored to a specific, you know, session that you're wanting. And with that, I will get back, we'll get back to you. We'll set up a meeting and we'll just kind of go from there see if we click and see if we were able to work with each other. But yes, I'm still booking for 20. I'm actually still booking for 2022 towards the end of the year and booking all of next year still. So I'm super excited to see who I meet and where this career is going to take me. Okay. Our last question. We ask all of our guests this question. Mark, to you, what makes a good friend? What makes a good friend is definitely someone that doesn't leave your side ever. Um, This could be during some of your lowest points in life or when you're absolutely thriving and they won't look at you any differently. Um, My roommate now is actually my best friend. She's 
been there for me throughout everything. And she's just really seen me grow as a person. I feel like she's the person that knows me the most. And no matter what I do, she's constantly supporting me and hyping me up and never, ever envious or jealous. And she's just, you know, a true supporter. And that's what I define as a, as a true friend. And I do have to shout out my mom. She has actually been the most supportive person throughout this entire journey. Actually, even throughout college, when I was studying, she, she used to text me every single morning at like six in the morning before class. And she would basically send me a paragraph saying how much she loves me, how happy she is for me, how special I am every single day, like all five years. And so I just feel like that was really super helpful and definitely try to, you know, look into use that as a flag, a green flag for friends. If they, if they really truly care about you without being asked to, or in being in certain situations, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I would define as a true friend. So I love the take on the highs too. So often people are like, I want someone that's there for me when I'm at my lowest, but it rarely ever get talks about like when you do start to grow and evolve and succeed, are those people actually happy for you? Right. And you out, we would believe it. Like you would be surprised a lot of the times, like your closest friends become the most envious or the jealous, like the jealous ones when you start seeing supplemental amounts of success. And I mean, that's just kind of how you know when people start to show their true colors, whether they're your two friends or not. So yeah, don't be blind, I guess. Amazing. Be blind. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mark. Anything else you want to share? Of course. Um, I don't know. This was such a cool experience. I'm happy to talk to you guys. It was it was a blast being on here. Yay. Was this your first podcast? This was. And actually going back yes. to Yeah, <laughs> going back to what I wanna like do from a business, I do want to start a podcast eventually. So maybe I can host you guys on it. Yeah, <laughs> there we, go. we would love that. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And Clay and Super I will cool. for sure model for any more content shoots. You can you can yeah. count us in. You can come <laughs> to the ones overseas. <laughs> Oh, I'm there. Okay, well, if you need a backup, hmm. yeah. <laughs> I have fiance. Yeah. We'll be there. No, awesome. Thank you so much, Mark. We'll link all of Mark's socials in our show notes, but really quick, what's your ads? My Instagram is Mark DeLeon photo, not photography. I made that that change recently because I thought it was kind of cheesy, but and I don't have a Facebook page. My website, like I said previously, was markdeleonphotography.com. No Twitter. So yeah, about it. There we go. And your TikTok. My TikTok, yeah. It's my TikTok is like a personal <laughs> TikTok account, but if you want to follow me on there, go ahead. All right. You post some great stuff. I love it. It helps me get to know you more. That's true. Yeah. I there we go. If you want to get to know me, go follow my TikTok. It is markdeleon 0 Thank you so much, Mark. Yes, of course. Thank you guys. It's great to chat. Have a good day. All right. You too. That was another episode of Already Friends Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. Hey guys, thanks so much again for listening to another episode. We seriously appreciate all the love and support. And to show our appreciation, Allison's going to announce a giveaway that we have going on. And she's going to tell you how you can get entered. All right. What you can win is a big PR box full of all of these awesome products. There will be something in there for everyone. In order to get entered, there are two things you can do. One is to leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure to send a screenshot of that to our Instagram. That way we know you left that review. Or you can put something up on your Instagram story, whether that's a screenshot of a podcast episode you're listening to, a quote that you resonated with, and tag us so that we can make sure to see it. And then we will put you into our chart of your name and we will draw at the end of the year. As always, if you guys want to stay connected with us, you can join our Facebook group, Already Friends Podcast, Friend Squad. You can also join our Patreon page, patreon.com slash friends. It's $5 a month for a bonus episode every single month with access to our entire backlog of bonus episodes. Guys, so many good topics there. So go check that out. And yeah, as always thanks for listening and we'll catch you guys next time bye
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.